Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise dice today. Welcome back, initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. Last time, we got to know Old Man Richter, a local curiosity shop owner and seeker of the truths of the mythos. He met an enthusiastic real estate agent and decided to go in search of his missing friend, Benjamin Jones. Little did he know he would encounter companions from his past. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. So, um... What a stupid fucking way to start an episode. I'm sorry, everybody <laughs> listening at home. So, um... Fucking, uh... Fucking, you're at the house. Uh, yeah, fucking house. <laughs> fucking cut to the fucking good shit. Bring your kids. <laughs> We're just the Dan Band of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, honestly, you know, we're not that far off. Am I supposed S- to get that joke? No, oh, uh, it's, it's from uh, the band that Todd Phillips used in all of his movies who always sings, like, um, Total Eclipse of the Heart and just throws fuck in the middle of it. It's like, I fucking need you tonight. <laughs> it's very funny the first time, then he just keeps bringing them back because he's pals with them, and you're like, Is that oh. the guy who directed The Hangover? Uh, yeah, so in oh. The Joker, oh, when, good, yeah. when Joaquin Phoenix is like, I fucking need you tonight. Uh, for the record, I'll be on board when it's Joaquin. <laughs> Jesus. Will we? I mean, he does. Okay. Not with the movie, just with that one comedy oh, movie. Okay. I mean, he does walk the line. Anyway, everybody, welcome uh. back to HP Dumbcraft. We really know how to maintain tension. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, two of you have driven a car for two episodes, and one of you said his morning oh, calisthenics. I'm assuming yeah. you're driving, right? Oh yeah. What's your drive skill? Because I, I feel like I would know. Well, I feel like I would know <laughs> oh, in our I history. Have zero drive skill. I know. So, I have, no, it's I have diving. One. There's drive auto. 
Yeah, it's it's two down from diving. Oh, I also got confused. Bummed. So oh, everyone has a base 20. level of twenty. Oh, but it's amazing that you drive because mine's sixty. Oh, <laughs> I think uh, I think mm. in this instance, so the You're the eating. Na- <laughs> You're I eating was birthday eating birthday cake. cake. It's true. Yeah, also, like nineteen thirties cars aren't exactly like the modern automobiles. To, like you have to wrestle those motherfuckers a little bit. Also, um, yeah, yeah, you so, can't drive one handed if it's and, an automatic. It's and it also standard. speaks to my bon vivant kind of skill, where I'm just like, I don't fucking care, death. Hundred like, percent. <laughs> <laughs> also, give. Even where you were going, I think, like, there's something... There's, even there cr- are no other cars on the road. Well, no, but there's also something even crueler about being like, drive us back to the place of your trauma. Bye. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think this was a conscious choice. Um, that said, everyone, yeah, the base level for drive is 20. Um, so everyone is thought to be able to just actively drive a car. That said, the higher the skill is, like, at 60, you can, like, fucking Tokyo drift some shit. Yeah. Oh. I think what happens is I legitimately believe that you can do anything better than me. So uh, even if I'm way better at it, I just assume you're better. Uh, so if you start a fist fight, I'm like, she's going to nail it. <laughs> <laughs> like, driving a car, I'm like, it's better than me. doesn't matter if you crash the car and it's a shit fest. I'm always like, wow. I would you, crash it harder. Yeah, you did a great job. <laughs> so, Red, what do you think your kind of like trigger phrase for him is? Is it like a like a get him boys or like what's the for Adrian? Yeah, because I think ultimately I, I think you realize this pretty quickly in like the first major brawl you guys got into, and you can handle your own in a brawl, but. It was the kind of thing where you just kind of assumed he would just club all these people, and he was just hanging back, and you, I think you got your ass kicked a little bit. Hey, Diesel, light him up. Ooh. Great. That was very good. Um, and then he set the bar on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the first time I did, but that's why we practiced. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We talked we, it through. We, we actually, when I say light him up, I don't necessarily mean bring out the flamethrower, darling. I only had a lighter, so I burned my fingers on the matches, though. It's all right. If you don't have any fingerprints, that'll help us. Ooh. And then I just start burning my hand again. I'm like, ow, ow, I don't like it. No, 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 sweetie, sweetie, stop it. Okay, you got to do it. Uh, I'm not going to hurt you again. You're a good friend. I know. You're like, ah, sprinkles. (laughs) That is, okay. I imagine uh, this actually led up to... Getting me like boxing training. It's one of the reasons I know what I'm doing. However, I wouldn't ever hit the other guy. So we actually learned I'm just naturally a good fighter because I learned to light him up in the ring. I can't spar. I would sort of like make moves and I wouldn't really hit the other guy until eventually we figured out the trigger word. And then I just beat the shit out of another guy (laughs) in the ring. You've like murdered a lot of people because of me. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I should point out, um, because unlike a lot of other shows we've done, uh, I built all these characters for you all. So there will be some surprises. Um, Ryan, uh, you have a pretty high dexterity um, or pretty high dodge rather. Um, dodge in... Yes, I do. Yeah, so normally it's just half your decks, um, but I pumped it up to full of stuff because as a boxer, you're actually very good at ducking, weaving, and dodging um, combat. So one thing I did just want to point out uh, for our D&D fan listeners, but also for us as D&D players, um, is some of the skills that traditionally you'd think a giant bruiser can't do are redefined in this game. So just keep an eye out for those because um, you might be better at some things you didn't know you were good at. Remind me what size is about because I have a very high... Size score you do. Um, that was luck of the dice. Okay. Um, so I think uh, there's a there's a, the, oh you are tall. We did say oh, that. Yeah, yeah I'm there's tall. a serious element of of um, randomness to uh, to some of these character builders. I would say um, the way I would encourage you to think about size, even though this isn't strictly rules true, is um, almost like presence. 
Oh, that's great. I can intimidate the shit out of you. Yeah. So you're great. And it's, it's like, you know, it, it's the classic like little dog bullying the big dog thing where even though like you're 5'10 and again, you're tall. Um, but I'm thin. I'm not like a. Yeah. But it's instead it's presence. It's like, you know, you, you walk in in that classic kind of gangster look and everyone's like, oh, oh shit. Awesome. Like Killian she, Murphy and Peaky Blinders. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Great. I oh. assume so. Having not seen the show. Yeah. Scarecrow. Oh, you, you'd like the show. <laughs> Sunshine. <laughs> yeah. Great. Oh, 28 days later. My dexterity will be high because I didn't like the boxing lessons and I thought they were boring, but I took dance lessons. That was the trade where it was like with a oh parent where there was like one for me and one for red. <laughs> so red had me take boxing classes. I got a dancing class for every time I did uh, good at boxing. I'm going to say, Adrian, you actually um, took, you were one of the only boys in the town to do it, but you took dance when you were a kid as well. Yeah. That's why it's fun. Yeah. You didn't like fighting. Um, you didn't like sports, but damn it, you were, and you were a fucking good dancer. Um, so I think um, if you want to make a note on your background um, on the... Uh, I do. Yeah. So on the secondary sheet, you'll see there's a big thing for backstory, and we're going to kind of fill these out as we go. Because uh, I didn't want to kind of ascribe too much uh, to you. So I'm going to say um, in terms of let's maybe go with traits. Yeah, it feels like good. Loves um, dance. Loves dance. Awesome. Um, and under, uh, please, significant people, sprinkles. Oh, definitely. Yep. Great. Um, and... Um, Red for you. Um, I'm just thinking if there's anything to add to here yet. Um, what was the uh, where where was your gang located? Like, what was the the headquarters of your gang in Boston? Uh, yeah, was it like a pub? Did you have like a a street corner? Was it a what was the? I think she'd be a shit kicker. So I think like it would be underneath a police station or something like that. <laughs> okay, like underground though. Yeah. All right. So why don't we say? Because she has friends in the police, right? So she, she's got her fingers in many pies. All right. Oh, fuck. This is really dumb, but I kind of like it. Um, Where else are you going to lose a shoelace, buddy? The sewer. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Tight. <laughs> Can't argue with it. Yeah. So let's say, yeah, you, you, you went full fucking Ninja Turtles. You had, like, you had like, you had, we're going to say uh, elevated sewer. So okay. like, it's not like there's just like a stream of shit next to you, but um, <laughs> you use the word shit kicker in, uh, yeah, that's, that's in how you learn Adrian's how to, presence. How and he was like, I got so just well. a place for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's say it was, it was almost like um, when the, um, maybe like a remnant of um, like the staging ground for making the sewer. So like it was like, it was sort of an office. In, honestly, yeah. in video games, it's like the place you go and there's like a bunch of loot boxes. Yep. Like it's the, the abandoned subway station they have and other stuff yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The abandoned like sewer maintenance. Yeah, exactly. Area, yeah. Um, and it's close enough to the police station, but also it's uh, it was tremendously helpful for bootlegging. Um, it's very yeah. easy to get booze in and out through the sewers. And I think maybe that was that was the way you, you guys did it was um, you kind of took control control the sewers and as a result the other gangs kind of left you alone but also it was a really damn easy way to get booze in and out of places um because it kind of connected all over all over town and oh yeah i mean i it, ruled the underground literally <laughs> uh cool all right i like that a lot so um Neat. claire if you want to add that as a meaningful location done um you can call it whatever you like but uh that sewer hideout sewer hideout dope wicked um okay so with all that in mind, 
Red is driving the car. <laughs> She's kind of keeping like one hand on the wheel and one just being like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you're ball vivaing with the other hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm probably, no, no, on the other hand, she has a flask. Oh, great. Yeah, of course she does. Oh, absolutely. Um, what does the flask look like? Uh, it is, it is silver. Um, and it just has a little engraving that just says TJ. Awesome. Love it. And it is um, full of very strong whiskey. I mean, is there any other kind? <laughs> um, great. So, um, and yeah, I think uh, maybe there was like a particular brand from Canada um, that you're able to smuggle in a bunch. And one of the things maybe you're most pissed about is that you had to leave your supply. So this, mm. let's say this, this flask is like the last of the good stuff That's for now. That's a damn shame. Um, because you're also not sure how to get booze in... Um, I have to keep looking at the name of this fucking town I invented. Helmfirth. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I just want to say Heimfirth again. <laughs> um, yeah. So you, um, you're you're rationing it, but also there's a lot there's a lot of of, of heart and brain stuff going on right now. So like, yeah. you know, no one's proven any connection between drunk driving and fatalities Absolutely at this point not. in history. It makes me a better driver, in my opinion. Yeah, and you don't have some kind of weird belt holding you down. Everything's going to be great. Exactly. 1930s. I'll stuck up when I get to town. <laughs> yeah, great. It's better to drive when you're loose. That's what Red tells exactly. me. Exactly. And uh, so you do. Um, the uh, does, Wait, does Adrian drink? No, it tastes like pee. <laughs> And peas for sprinkles. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Someone's like, been drinking a Bud Light Rattler. <laughs> I like to drink milk. That's but, what makes your bones strong. I'm very strong. So I drink so much milk. I actually do believe that would be like a Vin Diesel phrase. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. I'm actually shocked we haven't seen it. I mean, he drinks so much Corona in the movies, but like. Like chugging a pint of Just milk. like shows up and he's, yeah, he's fucking like a droog now. Yeah, like. for, for like him, it'd be pathetic. But the moment that we see fucking, oh, the, what's it? The milk Shaw, carton's what's on his fired. Name? Jason Statham. The moment we yeah. see him drink milk, it'll be cool again. And yeah. Diesel will hate yeah. it. After all, it does a body good. Don't it? And it just punches you in the face. Yeah. Try some milk, you can't. <laughs> you want to fight about it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm 52, but my sister's 28. Got foot in the balls. And my lover's 18. <laughs> yeah, I love Jason Statham. He's just so emotionless. I don't really enjoy his movies. That's I feel fair. nothing for That's him. I loved him in Spy. I will give him credit for his comedy. I haven't seen, seen that. It. Fair. Uh, I'd love to see him do a comedy because plays, I feel nothing he's for He's pretty him. funny. He's the hardcore cool spy, only he's completely pathetic. It fucks everything up. It's okay, the opposite great. of his persona, and it's that. delightful. Yeah. Okay, Tom, back to this Speaking thing. Speaking of personas. One day we're going to get out of this car. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, shit, wait. Um, hang on, guys. I didn't plan for out of the car. Oh, God. I just plan car rides now. This is why I keep getting mad at car Twitter, because I promised them a car-based <laughs> episode, and I just don't want to let them down because yeah. I love them so much. Yeah, we're in our... Ford. <laughs> uh, I looked them up. They are very pretty. That's true. Um, anyway, okay. So, yep, you're rolling up to town. Um, Adrian, you still actually have property here, or at least you did. Um, your parents willed the house to you, but you. this isn't something I think... I don't even think you would have known about a will. No, because if my brain was gone at the time, then I would not have even thought of it. All I knew is I had oh, parents, shit. and then I okay. didn't, and All I right. went to an no, orphanage. No, no, no. All right, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... Rolling up to town, um, Red and Adrian, what is your plan? Do you want to go, like, obviously you, you want to kind of uh, investigate, um, kind of 
hook back up with Benny and see maybe what's going on there. Yeah, Red, going straight to Benny Jones. Straight to Benny Jones? Okay, great. I feel like I've kind of briefed you on the whole, like, just letting you know this is to do with the fight, you know? So you... Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you told me you told me it was Benny, and you told me it was the letter. So, did you tell me more on the ride? You're I like, think so. I think it would have been like, all right, darling, like, no, nah, I don't. You, I know you don't want to talk or think about this, but we got to go back to the fire. But we're gonna get burned. No, no, sweetie, the fire's out. It's been out for sixteen years. I'm just saying. We're gonna go back in time. <laughs> No, that isn't that. Well, actually, you know what? I don't. I don't know if that is possible or not. But that's another story for another day. Now, what I'm saying is that we're gonna do a bit of investigating. So we gotta go to the church. That is a great potential. Uh, we gotta find our friend Benny Jones. Thank you. You know I like to be told what to do. I do. So you roll into town. Um, you're kind of driving um, through the streets. It's it is very odd to be home. Um, people are just kind of out going about their business. Um, We're driving a car with bullet holes in it. <laughs> I think by now um, you've kind of covered those up a bit. There's like some some like cake stuffed in them. You see other people driving yeah. by. They they like wave their flasks at you because I guess everyone just <laughs> fucking drinks and drives. Also, a great day for drinking and driving, isn't it? There, <laughs> when there are only three cars on the road, it lowers the risk. Yeah, yeah. Also, I want to go on the record. We are 100% against drinking oh, and driving. Full on against it. But it's a fantasy world, damn it. Yep. Get at me, fantasy man. I on think Twitter. that's one of my traits I had, like... like um, Functional <laughs> alcoholic? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I don't get affected by alcohol as much. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, when I did further research on character creation, you had actually picked all of the available traits, so you only have two. Oh, <laughs> but I, I do you think Red is drunk enough to have a roughly iron liver? Oh, yes, right. Okay. Um, yeah, so you drive into town, um, you kind of roll past the um, uh, the occult shop uh, that you used to visit as kids. Um, it looks like it, like from the window, it honestly, this could be the same window display. Um, Tyler, what do you think Richter's shop is called? Um, I think it's just uh I think it's just uh Helmforth Curiosities. Great. Um so it you I think um Red as you kind of roll by, you just have one of those kind of you know the things you fixate on in childhood? Like mm-hmm. it's just one of those like I think this this place always seemed for someone who kind of grew up in adventure stories is like the place where an adventure would start. Um Yeah, I was the kid who like searched every nook and cranny of my parents' house because I was um, I was obsessed with the idea of like finding an old magic journal in the walls mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, like I think, the, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because the, the way I've been kind of thinking of this is like in a slightly kinder world, you're almost like a, like a Madeline or a like, um, not Madeline, who am I thinking of? Uh, Matilda. Matilda. Like just like, or like a Coraline or just someone who's like, the, the world is full <laughs> of kind of magic and wonder and then just like life kicked you in the face. Yep. Um, and but it, I didn't have time for magic and wonder. I had people yeah. to rule and people to hurt. And booze Matilda to smuggle. And booze to yeah. smuggle. Exactly. But Matilda grew up and lived in the sewer. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, follow that this story to very its well conclusion. Yep. Written by Roald Dahl. Yeah. Yep. Well, like she the, definitely did. There were witches. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like Wonka Piercer. Like this all makes sense. I'm here for it. Um, so yeah. Um, so I think just for for a hot second as you drive by. You just really have one of those weird, it almost takes you back to being like a little girl standing outside the shop, staring at the sign, just thinking of all the cool things. And I think it took you a long time to kind of get up the, 
the nerve to go in because you'd all heard of old man Richter, even though at that point he was like not as old as he is now. He might still have been old man Richter. Oh, I think he would have been 55. 100% you've always been old man Richter. And also like, I think there's just certain people who always kind of have an older bearing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like young Patrick Stewart still looks like current Patrick Stewart. Like (laughs) he's just always kind of in this age. Yeah. Um, So there's just a a moment of kind of, um, of that and and almost yearning. um, And then you continue to drive by. Um, Adrian, you know, I think almost like a beacon where the church is. Like it's one of those odd things where, you know, um, Red isn't driving you anywhere near there because you're on your way to the address that she's got on the envelope. But like, it's just, you just know, you just fucking know where it is all the time. Um, and it's not like a magical thing. It's just, it's, it's such a, a, a paranoia. A, yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so um, you roll, uh, you kind of uh, roll up to um, a, and your, your uh, wheel goes up on the curb a little bit, makes a really cool sound that we had Foley for. Um, good chunk. <laughs> no, 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 it just happened. It was real good. Like a question? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and you, um, you get out, and you kind of see a, a small apartment building, kind of like a four-story very square, uh, square, fuck, rectangular uh, building, um, matches the address on uh, the envelopes. Um, this is not too far from where, where you all grew up. Um, so you can kind of imagine, as you've thought of him all these years, Benny living in a place like this. Um, for a guy who never left the town, it makes sense that he would move you know, around the corner from where his parents mm-hmm. lived. Um, so the, uh, the address uh, on the envelope says that he is in apartment, uh, let's say, 203. Um, so it's kind of, um, I'm thinking like a large beige building, um, not, doesn't look particularly posh, um, looks very functional. Um, and, uh, there's kind of like an iron gate, uh, at the door. So I'll get out of the car and I'll go around and I'll open the door for red. I don't like offer a hand. This is just like you get the door for the boss kind mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. we've had to go to random buildings I before and talk to people. Yeah. And I'm like. Uh, she tells me what to do now because now I don't know who we're talking to and I don't know who else is in the building and she mm-hmm. could say light him up and then I have to fight Benny and like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so um, you both get out. Um, as you approach the Iron Gate, can you both roll me please a spot hidden check? Oh, my first roll. Oh, no. Uh-oh. I rolled a 70. 70? Okay. Oh, yeah. I rolled an 87. I don't know what your base stats are, so you'll have to tell uh, me. Mine's 40, so it's a, it's a fail. Oh, yep. yeah. Mine's 50. Fail? Great. Um, so both of you, um, you're kind of uh, pretty fixated on um, red. I think you're fixated on the envelope. Um, and uh, Adrian, I think you're kind of... I'm thinking about the church. Like, I don't really usually need to pay attention. That's a red job. Like, I yeah. just get told what to do well, now. I, th- I think you're also, like, checking the cor- corners and, like, doing doing the usual, like... You give the building a quick once over and like this, it, you know, because unfortunately in Boston, there were a number of blinds where you could easily just get gunned down. And, yeah, and also the, there with the increasing levels of violence, like you guys are, are rough and tumble. You've definitely killed people. You've definitely like run, run uh, a criminal empire and stuff. But I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Claire, but I'm kind of thinking that Red kind of fights like Han Solo fights, which is like 
I shoot first and then I run while screaming and shooting over my shoulder. <laughs> and then we jump out a window and escape. If rather it comes than like, to that, if it comes to fighting at all, and absolutely, I, I modeled this off of kind of like a smuggler type. Like right. Yeah, Solo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome, yeah. awesome, great. Yep. Um, and I'm like, Chewie meets an idiot. I'm not actually aware <laughs> I've killed anyone. I think I just put them to sleep. Oh my like God, Red has confirmed Chewy. this. That's essentially yeah. what we are. That's also, tune nice. in to our D- uh, Star Wars podcast, Dumb hey. Scum and Villainy, where we'll have two people playing 1930s <laughs> <laughs> mobsters. I'm a rookie. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? Yeah, you have to make the sound whenever I talk, so it's like it's subtitled, but for audio. You gotta use the force, kid. What you talking about? All right, let's boogie. <laughs> Sprinkles. Um, yeah, so. Um, the porg. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, I'll sign up for that show. Um, <laughs> fucking, I already did. Who am I kidding? Um, yeah, so uh, you guys, um, yeah, you, as uh, I think uh, all that going to say that as Boston got more and more violent, it's like a bunch of mobsters jumping out with Tommy guns isn't a situation you can win. And I think that's kind of what started wheedling your, like, your, the numbers of your gang down. It's just like yep. those aren't fights you win. Yep. Um, so against like the cops or like other things you had a chance, but not against four mobsters on a rooftop. Yep. So, um, all I can say, I think you check, check the corners, I check windows, um, that kind of thing. Uh, you miss some details. Also. So one of the, the mechanics in this is spot hidden. Um, if you fail a spot hidden check, it just means you missed something. If it's plot vital, you might find it another way. Mm. Um, I also like, it's an awkward thing. I have to ask you to roll them or I can blind roll them for you. Um, but if you miss it, I'm not going to be like, and there was a dagger in the ground. No, we're always comfortable yeah, with that. Yeah, I just knowing. want to yeah, give you the fine. heads up so that it's not it. like, stupid Tom, he didn't tell us the thing we missed. Yeah. Um, Red, here's a question. Mm. Would you have Adrian go through doors first or would you go through doors first in new environments? Because I might open doors for you, and then you're the boss who goes oh, through I first. Oh, I would go first. Okay, yeah, then we'll do that. The standard operating procedure from here yeah, forward is I always the, get the door. You kick the door open, and I go through. Yeah. I also think just, like, knowing both of your stats, um, better than you know each other's at this point, um, because Red's a pistol fighter and a dual pistol fighter, the odds of, like, if the door opens and there's trouble, she can, pr- like, pray and spray... Um, as opposed to if you open the door, you can just get shot. Oh, yeah. There's also just a question of, like, how much of a human shield am I for red sometimes? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. But, yeah, I, I think that dynamic works where it's yeah. just, like, I can start opening fire and then you can either get me. You can literally pull me out yeah. or yeah. if the brawling starts. Great. You've been a human shield for me once and I don't want you to do it again. Uh, this is nice. <laughs> so um, you make your way in um, the, the hallway smells uh, In the way some apartments do Of just other people's cooking hmm. um, It just kind of lingers in the air um, And it's not great Beans It smells <laughs> like beans apparently Yeah, S- Smell that hot dog water <laughs> <laughs> I mean it is the Great Depression Back um, then they called it hot cat <laughs> Sure. I think you're just thinking of cats, sweetie. Yeah, I miss Sprinkles. He hasn't showed up from that gas station diner. He'll be back. Don't worry. Okay, I saved cake for him in the glove box. <laughs> that's not going to end badly at all. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that's the one weakness of the Elder Ones. Um, so you uh, you make your way th- um, kind of... Um, no up. one likes knowing their age. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Uh, well, we did it. We broke Cthulhu. It took three fucking episodes. Get at me, Cthulhu, on Twitter. Hey, Cthulhu, I got you this cake. Happy birthday. You are the old. That is all I've ever wanted. I shall leave your planet safely now. Just imagine the cultist chanting like, are you one? Are you two? Are you three? 
uh, and just for 400 years, just they die and yeah. more are brought in Mor- clapping. Morgan Freeman comes in, he's like, I would like to say that eventually the cultists got to stop clapping. I would like to say that. But as you know, a creature with no age means that one is clapping for a long time. Yeah, see, that's why the the curses and the summonings are so hard to say is because your mouth's supposed to be full of birthday cake. <laughs> yeah, if your mouth is full of... Yeah, because if your mouth is full of birthday cake and you try and say the words, it's actually like, Cthulhu, we would like it if you would yeah. show up now. Cthulhu's doing yeah. a great job. Cthulhu, fight for target! <laughs> it's just actually, his name is Clarence. He's been eating birthday cake this whole fucking time. Oh, boy. Okay, we got out of the car, and now we've made it through a door. Yeah, all right. You all level up. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) uh, Yeah, I'm getting... No, no, I was kidding. You don't level up. Jesus. Jesus. Get down. (laughs) (laughs) So you you make your way um, uh, sort of like up and into the building, um, and uh, you kind of pass down a hallway. Um, The air is just kind of muggy. There's a nice breeze outside, but like inside, it's pretty gross. Um, and you, uh, you approach the, uh, the door, um, indicated on the envelope. Um, um, the door appears to be open a crack. Oh, that is never good. Uh, Benny. You hear nothing. Benny Jones. You hear meow. Spray calls. Hold up. Oh, okay. I, it's, but what if there's, I got to take, shh. But I gotta take sprinkles to the glove box <laughs> for his cake. <laughs> he needs me. Um, I'm just gonna hold, she holds up a, a finger to her lips uh, and just very, very slowly pushes the door open. So um, in classic spooky doorways, uh, the door creaks open um, and you see um, there's uh, um, like a couple of notes have been slid under it um, that uh, just eyeing them from kind of uh, from where you're standing. You can see uh, they seem to be from a landlord, um, kind of like uh, essentially demanding rent um, and saying like, hey, you know, it's you're, you're a week overdue. Where's the rent? I like you, Benny, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then there's a second more strongly worded one saying like, hey, this like. You also you like you can't leave your place unlocked like this. This is this is unacceptable. Um, also, like I fed your cat. You're welcome. Um, and it's signed um, uh, with a um, sort of ornate KK. Mm. Um, inside the apartment is um, it's it's a little it's a little disheartening for you, I think, Red, because you'd kind of hoped that Benny was leading like a good life here, but it it's pretty sad. It's you know a and also like you know in the times he's clearly not one one with plenty. Um, very threadbare bed, um, fairly empty. Um, there's a number of books. Um, some of them look kind of old and arcane. Um, they remind you of things you you used to see um, in the curiosity shop. Um, you can smell um, food that seems to have gone a little bit off uh, in the air. Uh, you can see there's um, dishes in the sink, um, like a bunch of canned goods, um, but uh, and uh, like a sort of a nice writing desk. Uh, it's the only like actually expensive thing in the room. Uh, what's the date of the like latest letter that was? I mean, like like the earliest letter that was sent to him. Um, the dates are, you get one that was, um, probably a week ago and the older one is about two weeks ago. Okay. So can, can I, can I talk? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna hold up a finger to him mm-hmm. and quickly scout the apartment to make sure nobody else is here. Okay, so this is one of those Tom needs to learn the game. He's running a bit better because I think that's gonna need a check of some sort. Probably. Well, I, are we? We're just checking to see if there's people, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick like skirting around corners and peering through doors and uh, all that kind of stuff. Can you roll me a listen check? And we're gonna kind of say that the listen check will stand for all of that. Yes. Should I do the same thing? Um, no, I'm gonna let her do it only because I think. Unless you also want to be doing it. Oh, no, she didn't tell me to do it, so I wouldn't do it. I, pa- I pass. Nothing more than that. Okay, great. Um, also, to be clear, um, hard success, extreme success, and regular success don't necessarily mean you get more uh, stuff for it. Um, okay. Just sometimes. Well, it depends on how I'm so feeling. That was a regular <laughs> success. Um, regular success, great. Um, Ryan, I will say, in an instance like this, um, if you're assisting, you can basically add um, a bonus dice. Okay. So I think what mm-hmm. I'd rather do for things like this where it wouldn't really make sense. It's it's like rolling 10,000. in the dark. Yeah, honestly. Yep. Um, it's better than everyone rolling perception checks when it's like, Legolas, what are your elf eyes seeing? Gimli's like, me too. Like, <laughs> All right. Um, so I think instead, in the, the way to think about it would be like you're... You've got your eyes up. You're kind of eagle-eyed. So like, I'd roll a d10. How would that work? Uh, so you you give Claire an additional. Oh, okay. Um, so the way bonus. Uh, this is actually something that we should definitely go over on air. Um, the way uh, advantage works in this game is a bonus die is an additional percentile, um, and then you pick the lower of the two cool. to give you a better chance of success. Um, however, if you get a penalty die, and that's for things like if you're trying to spot someone in the rain or blah, 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 then you roll two and you take the higher. Gotcha. Okay. So um, let's say you did that. Um, so, Claire, you can roll your percentile again and awesome. see if you get a better result. Also, if you get a literal one, that's a, like, super magical good stuff happens to you. Roll. Um, I did, but it's still not anything better. I, I rolled a five instead of a six. But Okay, cool. Still very good. Yep. Um, okay, so like this is this is old hat for you, um, and I think it's very much like you know pistol in one hand, kind of you know creak the door. It's, it's a classic Mulder and Scully like mm-hmm. room clear, <laughs> except the Scully's just standing <laughs> in the living room, not moving <laughs> silently. Okay, so it's a Doggett and Reyes room clear. <laughs> That's right, X Files fans, we're doing it live. Um, yeah, so you um, you it's quickly... a real cry chick. <laughs> Damn, fucking cry chick. Um, you clear the room, uh, you, and it's it's literally like. It, you know, almost a studio. Like it's it's one one okay. big room, small kitchenette, um, bathroom, um, and uh, you find like a, a pull down uh, Murphy bed. Okay. Um, and uh, it it's clear. You don't see any evidence of a struggle. Okay. Um, yeah, just seems to be um, empty. Um, from what you can tell, from kind of having lived in, I think a lot of kind of abandoned places. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely no sign of life here for a while. Like it, it seems like this place hasn't seen. Benny hasn't been home in a while. And by a while, I mean, I got this note, this last note from him a month ago. Are we talking like longer than a month or? Um, no, definitely not. Um, okay. Because the, the food is, um, it's turned, but it's not like. Gotcha. Rancid. Rancid. Like it's, it's definitely not good and it's definitely on its way. But like, for example. The ice in his icebox has melted. Well, also his cat isn't dead. Like there, there's yeah. a few, a few signs here yeah. that, that, um, that he, yeah, he's not okay. been for that long. I'm going to go inspect the writing desk and say, all right, honey, you can talk to your cat now. Okay, cool. Is this a treasure hunt? Which is how you've convinced me to basically loot places and find things that are valuable because you claim that it's a race where we can, like, find things. So I, like, shake all the books out to see what's in them and I, like, flip beds and also, like, break things you can't break to see if stuff's in them. 
Not a treasure hunt yet, honey. Oh, yeah, I'll be ready. I'm going to win. I know you will. Oh, you're so generous. Uh, <laughs> and I'll go pet the cat. Hey, everybody. Tom McGee here, your friendly neighborhood DM. And I just wanted to thank you so much for listening to our shows. I hope you're having a great time. Obviously, we are. I'm probably really stressed because they're, they're probably doing something horrible to me right now. But uh, I hope you're enjoying it. And uh, we're enjoying you being here. And listen, if you want to get a little bit more involved uh, in our show and with the various things we do, you can check out patreon.com slash dice where you can find more information about how you can become a part of the show, how you can screw with me on air, how you can add names and all that sort of stuff. And it's a great way to support us in our ongoing dumb adventures. So thanks very much for joining us. And I will see you out there in the dumbverse. Yeah, I'm going to check out the writing desk. Cool. Um, so the writing desk is um, sort of a massive wooden uh, wooden desk, almost like something an artist would have. Mm-hmm. Um and um, as you kind of run your fingers over it, um, there's this sort of really beautiful uh, thing you you feel under it. And you, you remember this from um, Benny as a kid was always like writing stories and he always pressed down just a little too hard. Um, so what you're actually feeling is just kind of like years and years of stories and ideas and, and writing that, um, that he's committed um, to paper. Um, and there's a sort of a very fine, um, uh, self-filling, uh, fountain pen. Um, and you can definitely see like he, he seems to have been just starting up on one of the stories about like the local mayoral race where he was profiling. Cat um, as mayor. Cat as mayor. Um, you actually see that on a piece of paper where he's like drawn like <laughs> a smiley face under it. And then like he's Mr. drawn. Mr. Sprinkles has a collar that says mayor. <laughs> <laughs> That word is really hard for you to say. That. It takes a lot because it's so important. Um, I'm so, you can't even see me. I'm just yelling from a bedroom. Um, yeah, so uh, his cat, Mare, um, is uh, is running around. And, um, yeah, you get the sense that... Uh, I bet he named you after his favorite condiment, mayonnaise. <laughs> Honey, just stop talking for a second. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm being too loud. I gotta say, as a as a history nerd, this is driving me nuts because we keep saying things. And I'm like, "Fuck! Do they have that? Do they have that? Do they have yeah, that? Do they have yeah, that?" Yeah. <laughs> they do in Helmforth. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Helmforth, some... home of Manny's. That's why they call it Helmins. <laughs> God, perfect. Damn it. Perfect. Yes. All right, yes. fucking yeah, get, Ryan. I'm we giving are. you one bonus die on your next check. <laughs> That's how we're just gonna hand it out. That's so. <laughs> For the worst jokes, I love it. Yeah, yeah. But that's, you said it loudly. Exactly. That is that is now now an industry in this town. <laughs> Fucking hell! All right. Men's. Oh no, yes. the mayonnaise is haunted. It's, it's pronounced mayonnaise. <laughs> it's our primary export. Anyway, back to Tom. Oh no, it never comes back to me. I don't know how this ride goes. Um, so yeah, um, you you can see that he's um, he started to report on um, a local businessman who indeed is a. Uh, a purveyor of, of condiments who's, who's desperately trying to get um, new and exciting flavors into uh, into the hands of Americans. Um, unfortunately, it seems his businesses are failing because in the Depression, no one is particularly interested in purchasing additional things to put so on sad. things. Um, but uh, he is he is well-liked, and his, his attempt to get mayonnaise as a condiment off the ground has been uh, noted by the town. And as a result, he is he is running for the, the mayor. Um, Great. And yet there are several mayor mayonnaise puns uh, written in the margins of the thing. You get the sense that this was a, you have to write this story because it's clearly half-assed and he's clearly constantly distracted. Um, That said, on the edge of the desk, 
you find a large pile of um, folders and notebooks, and it seems as though, um, kind of like if you, like, I know I do this at the end of a writing project. Um, I definitely do this when I'm finished building a puppet, which is a weird only Tom thing, but, oh, I also have to sneeze. Bless, Bless you. Who, uh, I'm allergic to mysteries. Um, everything has been kind of, uh, it seems like a previous project has been rapidly shuffled together and shoved to the edge of a desk. Oh, I'm going to look at that. I figured you might. Um, so it seems to be a feature story um, that he'd worked on. Unfortunately, what you've got here, um, literally there are chunks cut out of it um, mm-hmm. as though he'd taken the material elsewhere. Um, but it seems to be uh, an investigation um, of something called the Corbett House. Okay. Um, that seems to have been a place um, that had uh, the, the sort of the, the headline is like um, yet another tragedy um, befalls um, Helmfirth's. Uh, most haunted house. Um, and um, you can see on the kind of, it's clearly like a, a proof copy, um, big red marks um, just kind of all over it, um, citing things like sensational, um, unbelievable, too much, um, you know, kind of come back down. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can actually, you find one of them is, has been crumpled up uh, seemingly in, in anger. Um, and you see, um, kind of a few notes from, pardon me one second. That's the sound of mystery unfolding. Um, (laughs) you see, you, uh, you see the notes seem to be attributed to, um, or at least you can see kind of like a name that's crossed out on one of them in kind of like a petulant, very Benny way. Um, uh, editor in chief, Artie Wilmot of the, um, Helmforth Globe. All right. Oh, Diesel. Diesel, Diesel, Diesel. What? Uh, so I, feel, I fell asleep. That's all right, honey. Now, I I'll, think... I'll tromp back out to the main area where you are. Oh, you know, I haven't had to think about these kind of things in many, many years. I think our Benny might have gotten himself... In over his head. Row, row. Smash cut to <laughs> Richter. Um, so, Richter, I think um, you've decided that um, you definitely want to investigate the Corbett House. Um, but as a scholarly man, I think the, the like spur to action kind of fell apart over the course of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went from like... Fuck yeah, let's do it to kind of like Flashlight's a... Flashlight's at the front door. Yep, yep. Like, I, I am ready to a... I don't know enough. Yeah. So, I think instead you've decided that um, the the wise man of action has a plan um, and that you should gather some more information about it first. Okay. So, where do you think um, Richter would go for information in town? Is he kind of a library guy? What's He'd go to the library and check archives. All right. Um, so, um, I'm going to say, would you go to probably the town library would be the first, like the central library would be the first port of call, right? Yep. Yep. Puts on his fedora and his long coat and brings an umbrella because you always need to bring an umbrella. <laughs> brings his pipe. He can smoke while he reads. Excellent. Is um, he wearing his fancy robe underneath his coat? <laughs> he takes like three steps out and is like, Ike, and then just like turns around and you know, like shuts the door, like external shot of the house, like a beat. And then he comes back out without the robe on <laughs> kind of walking at like double the pace briskly now. 
Excellent. Um, and do you think you would go to the Hall of Records or the library? Um, well, Hall of Records then, I guess, instead of the library. Hall of Records? Okay, great. If I'm, if I'm interested in Corbett House, that's where I would want to go. All right, so, um, Richter, you walk up to the Hall of Records. Um, it's a... I think a lot of the, because there is a lot of old money um, in Helmfirth, this is like a, it's a pretty fucking nice looking building from the outside. Okay. Um, And I think, generally speaking, I think anywhere that kind of lives in that academic realm is a really like, it's a comfortable place for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, you, you make your way up. um, And um, you are, what are you specifically looking for? Well, let's see. What do I need to know about Corbett House uh, to feel comfortable enough to actually venture out there and investigate? Um, I guess I'd want to know about any time it's appeared in the news, um, which in the 1930s just means fucking scrolling through a lot of micro... Mic- microfiche? I can't remember what it's microfiche called. Microfiche is the technical term. If you could do that in the 30s. This yeah, I was is a weird say, thing I don't think, I think you would just be looking that, at yeah, newspapers. Microfiche oh, yeah. was the 80s. You're just yeah. looking at archives, probably. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so I think I'd just... Uh, would I have any just like local... Excuse me, local knowledge of just living around like an approximate time when the the there was something going on at the house? Just because um, of... How, how, like, I don't, I'm not sure how big Helmforth is. I'm assuming it's a town more than a city. It's a town more than a city, but it's on the big end of a town, okay, if that makes so any sense. A so lot that, of stuff can get by you without you... A hundred percent. Now, that said, as someone who's kept an ear to the ground for a cult, I'd say what you probably remember... Uh, well, actually, can you roll me a history check, please? That's one that's in all the games. So that is... That must be good, because that's 11 on the dice... Hit that so microphone. You're, you're probably losing me here. 11 on the dice, and we're looking at... Oh, yeah, that's um, that's an extreme success. Mm, very good. Okay, so um, now that you're kind of out in the fresh air and thinking about it a little bit more clearly, um, you definitely recall that it's one of the um, the, the sort of sites that you earmarked in town as, as being worthy of note, um, largely because you, you remember there have been a number of tragedies um, surrounding that site. Also, I think, um, as you're thinking back on it, Benny has kind of told you some of his early findings as you're starting to put the story together. Okay. If I can remember those dates, I'd like to find the stories around Corbett house for those dates that were published in the news. Okay. So the hall of records is more in a town. This size is more about, um, kind of, uh, demographic information, um, sort of census information, that sort of thing. So I think uh, as you're on your way to the Hall of Records, you start to kind of think your way through like, oh, I remember this happened, this happened, this happened with dates like that. I'm going to recommend you go to the library. Okay. Sorry. I might have gotten just... No, that, that's okay. It, I think in modern terms, like a Hall of Records is kind of where these things would be kept. But at this point, it, it would be more so like the town was founded in this time. There right, right. as many tracts okay. of land. So I think it's literally like <laughs> you're like walking up the stairs and then you're like, wait a minute, no dates. All right. I got this. So you cross the street to the library. They're very conveniently clo- located across the street. Um, the It's called Research Street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knowledge. Knowledge <laughs> Avenue. Knowledge yeah. Avenue and Research Street. Yeah. It's like um, <laughs> one research and one knowledge are there two addresses. Yeah. It's like uh, Niagara on the Lake and in, in, uh, yeah, they just named everything after like famous poets. So it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll just hang left on Virgil and you, until you. Hemingway Crescent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like littered in bottles. <laughs> 
Um, all right, so um, uh, you enter the uh, the library, and um, again, you're just kind of hit with that 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 wave of of, of comfort. Smells like space. books. Smells like <laughs> books. Um, the library is actually a newer building in town, um, so it's it's very uh, very modern for 1930. Okay, um, little almost like an Art Deco vibe. Women um, are almost allowed. Almost, <laughs> but, but they can't vote. Probably, <laughs> I don't know the exact era. Yeah, uh, uh, pre World War II. So suffragette. We were people at that point. That's true. But, so, yeah. Suffragette movement's definitely in full swing, but we haven't had that kind of World War II bump of like. Yeah. We're useful. We We're not it, yeah. useful yet. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Red is. <laughs> well, yeah. We've started at some people who've objected to that concept. That's why I changed my name to Red, darling. Um, <laughs> I like that you guys are having a conversation about libraries, just like as you're in this, this like <laughs> abandoned <laughs> apartment. Um, so, Richter, um, you... It's just about women's purpose in society. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that our two characters have had that conversation in many locations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I think there have been many locations that have necessitated that conversation yep. in particular. Correct. Right? Um, okay. and then we lit them up. <laughs> uh, so, um, Richter, um, can you roll me a library use check, please? Yep, just a moment here. So anything under an 80 is great. Oh, and that's a 25. So that's also a... Uh, <laughs> what, are the, what are the terms? Hard. Hard, hard success. Hard success. I was going to be like, it was a huge success. <laughs> <laughs> huge tracks land. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay. So, um, Tyler, what you find um, as you, uh, you sort of begin, you don't have exact dates on when these things happened, but you do remember um, that uh, Benny mentioned that he'd been able to find records uh, of um, of the actual building itself. Um, so you find, uh, the first record you find is, um, a, um, seems to just be kind of a rough mention of it in like, let's say like an old, I guess it'd be like a newspaper newsletter, I guess. Okay. Um, but in, uh, 1852, a prosperous merchant built the house. Um, however, he didn't live there long. Uh, he was unfortunately, um, he, he fell into very ill health, and um, you can see it was sold to one Mr. Walter Corbett, Esquire. Um, I feel kind of bad about the Hall of Records library thing, so I'm going to say that <laughs> let's let's consider that you basically spend your day in both of these places okay. and that this is kind of a combination of records and okay. like books and records and newspaper, um, like old archive newspaper things that you're able to find. Okay. Yep, great. So like when I see that it was like in the newspaper, that it was... Well, for example, I would say in the... Um, Hall of Records, you were able to find that in 1852, that um, it was built a in... merchant built a house right, right. and sold it to Walter Corbett Esquire. Well, that's kind of giving you further, yeah, further understanding. Um, you get, you feel like there might be more information. Basically, um, the way library checks often work in this sort of thing is um, you can choose to take a few roles. Um, each role is going to account for part of the day. Um, so, in this particular instance. Um, for each half day spent in research between these two spots, um, I'll let you roll um, a check to determine. Well, let's get some more info. Great. So go ahead and roll again. This is just another library check? Yep. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. That's a extreme success. That is just eight. All right. I will give you two for that. Um, in 1874, Walter Corbett was sued by his neighbors who petitioned him, uh, petitioned to force him to leave the area, quote, in consequence of his serious habits in unauspicious demeanor. 
Um, you further look into the records and see that he apparently won the lawsuit. Okay. Um, he won and didn't like didn't settle or anything like that. Um, uh, no, it, it seems he was he was awarded. Um, the The case was dismissed. Um, the neighbors moved shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything detailing the nature of the activity? Um, no, unfortunately, um, these records are, and this this I think is is a lifelong albatross around Richter's neck, which is just no one fucking pays attention to the right things. So I think your brain immediately so went to the right place, which is like, yeah. w- what else do they have? And it's just like, a lawsuit happened. A lawsuit was dismissed. That's all they want to know is who won and who lost. It's always a competition with these people. Americans. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say muggles, honestly. Any of that uh, That's right. I am a wizard. Um, all right. I'm uh, a wizard, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> You're a What? Yeah, that's what I said. I'm a wizard. Okay. Um, so as you continue to kind of unfold, um, and, and like the, the the law records, you see. Uh, I think you you flip the pages a few more times. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually see that there is a second lawsuit listed um, with no outcome uh, recorded, um, and it seems that there was a lawsuit uh, being waged to prevent Corbett from being buried in his basement. Uh, what Ooh. year is that? Like how much time has transpired? Uh, um, that lawsuit appears to be uh, late in 1897. Jesus. Who uh, are the parties? Um, it seems to be um, new... I think... Uh, hmm. It was Corbett v. Sewer people? <laughs> <laughs> is it like the town suing to like overturn his last will and testament or something? Yes, or yes I believe okay. so. Um, yes, that would make sense. Um, there's the, no the Morlocks hated that idea. Yeah, um, it would seem that um, his uh, yeah you you find uh, a record that his obituary states that he continued to live in that same place until he died. Um, and yes, there seems to be um, it, it seems like a very bizarre lawsuit to be levied, but that uh, his last will and testament stated a desire to be buried within his house. Do I have the outcome of that lawsuit? There's no recorded outcome. There's no recorded follow-up. There doesn't seem to be any information about it beyond that. Okay. I got theories, you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> we have theories, but no knowledge. <laughs> theories, but I got education. Um, what else can I look into? Um, let's skip ahead um, post Corbett's death and talk about um, some of these supernatural things that happen around there that... Uh, Barry, Barry, who the hell is Barry? Benny, Benny was telling me about. So I think you, Barry, Benny, my dear friend, please, <laughs> whoever you are, um, you uh, you begin to kind of think back through those things, um, and unfortunately, uh, you're having a, a bit of a difficult time. Um, however, you do remember uh, Benny mentioning that uh, he he like a Benny hangs around the Globe offices a lot, so the odds of actually just running into him there are high. Um, and B, you know that he was working on a feature story and there's got to be a copy of it around there. So I think kind of having um, spent a bunch of time in the library um, and uh, the Hall of Records, uh, you decide it might be time to go to the source. So you gradually um, sort of pack up your gear. I think you um, you know the librarian um, pretty well at this point, I think. Um, or at least you've seen the librarian a lot. You probably don't talk to the librarian. No, no. 
Um, in fact, when they say hello to me, I say like, no talking in the library. <laughs> uh, you're a beloved figure in the town is yeah, what you're absolutely saying. absolutely I, I believe people think you're a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and with, with that, you put your fedora back on and walk out into the street. So meanwhile, back at the apartment, um, Red and Adrian, I think, um, Red, based on what you found kind of in the clippings, um, mm-hmm. I think you've kind of come to the determination that... Uh, the best course of action would be to go investigate the globe, uh, the globe offices, and to try, try and kind of figure out if you can find some of these missing clippings, um, or at least a, like a forwarding address or or anything. Um, you don't really normally you would I think just do the legwork, but you're new to town, and also like Benny was kind of I I, I want to say like two sort of twofold thing. One, he was a fundamental part of your plan. But also, I, there are certain people, uh, and I, I found this um, when, this is kind of a stupid non sequitur, um, but when Prince died, I was like, it literally never occurred to me that Prince could die. I don't think, like... I know what you mean. I'm not a huge yep. Prince fan, but it, like I, I like Prince, but it just he, he was just one of those figures where I'm like, yep. oh shit, what? I still forget that uh, Alan Rickman's dead. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. If it's just one of those people that isn't that you like, but isn't always in your, yep. in your sphere of orbit. So I think Benny, for you, was kind of such an assumed constant that the okay. fact that he isn't around right now is, is legitimately truly concerning to you. Cause like, I think in a lot of ways for you, Benny was home. If anything was going to be home when you okay. came back here. Um, and I think you're, you can start to feel a little bit worried about him, but that said you're hardened enough now that worry just, I think translates to action for you. Yeah. And, and Benny's a, Benny is a part of the past and mm. fuck the past. So like, I want to find out what happened, but I'm not going to cry in a corner. So I, I think, yeah, I think, um, I'm warring between let's just straight up go to this Corbett house because that's the last lead that we have, but also who the fuck is Artie Wilmont and what did he have to do with Benny? So let's go, let's go, let's, let's go talk to this man and see what information he can give us. Okay. Meow. You can come too, uh, and I'll I'll pick up sprinkles. No I, I, sprinkles. I have cake for you in the car. <laughs> Wicked. So uh, the three of you now, I suppose, uh, with sprinkles, <laughs> um, head down to the car. Um, you, you vaguely, I think, Red, remember roughly where where the globe offices were. Um, as you pull up, you see um, a, a man kind of shambling down the street in a long coat and a fedora, and like a like a weird bolt of lightning. Um, you're suddenly right back to where you were the first time you, you kicked open the door to finally got up the gumption to kick open the door to the, the occult show, um, the uh, curiosity shop. And, uh, to your shock, um, another sort of face of the past materializes and you see old man Richter, um, walking with, with some degree of determination, uh, towards the globe offices. Um, so quickly, in fact, that he bumps into, uh, Adrian. And I look down at him and I go, grandpa Richard. <laughs> um, Richter, this is uh, this has been like I think people come and go in your life enough, yeah, that it's not like a, a as much of a shock as it would be for Red. Um, certainly as much of a shock as is for Adrian and his grandpa Richard. Yeah, um, but you also, as you literally um, bump into him, um, you your hand uh, burns. Um, and what? you kind of look down at it, um, and your, your hand has always been, uh, scarred and it's just a kind of like detail you don't really care about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have a sudden, um, image in your head 
of crushing um, a stone with great force um, and uh, and screaming um, something and a, a tremendous flash of light. Um, and you remember seeing the man who's standing over you, although it just it's one of those weird double vision things. It doesn't quite look right. Um, sort of like holding up a beam um, and uh, you just, you kind of have this this awful... Almost deja vu, not quite of, of flame, and it's 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 so familiar as as the scene from your dreams, uh, and then immediately like it stops, and your hand is normal, and, and just old scar tissue, and there, there's just this sort of large man in a tuxedo. I think you recognize Red, but not necessarily Adrian. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, they're definitely uh, it's the mystery punchers. They've well, that that though is a, is a sensation like I've been looking for, like something powerful you know not just these boring day-to-day mm-hmm. doldrums it's finally something is afoot here and i think it really just reinforces that i'm on the right track so i think if i do recognize um young miss jones i will say uh tracy jones come with me we've been sketches a globe and i just like briskly walk off like, i don't go by that name anymore uh and I, i'll stop and i'll say um how can i call you the name's Red. Well, Red, we have a mystery to punch. <laughs> and I'll like I'll turn on my heel and like and just like march off towards the globe. Welcome home. Uh, th- thank you. Um, <laughs> and so uh, the three of you stride dramatically into um, the offices of the um, Helmfirth Globe. Uh, as you do so, you see um, you kind of burst in, and it's a, it's a well like it's a well run town newspaper um was there a newspaper there there was a town newspaper in fucking gilmore girls wasn't there it's kind of like that it's just like a nice small <laughs> town or in um fucking uh broadchurch like it's just like a small town okay, news- yeah. newspaper office but like it's it's well run you can smell the ink in the air um obviously it's it's busy there's a bunch of desks very bullpenny um however um as you enter um the receptionist um is uh is absent, um, and you can see uh, you can see her just kind of a few desks over, um, and you, you can hear her kind of like softly crying, uh, and she seems to be um, sort of packing things into a box um, off of a desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that lady's sad. Yeah. Uh, hello. Hello. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, and she she like very quickly tries to like wipe away the tears and and turns back and it's like honestly if she hadn't been crying so much this would have worked but like her eyes are red and and um you can see her her lips still kind of quivering she's like um uh pardon me so sorry about that um welcome uh to um the helmforth uh globe offices um how how may i direct you uh i need to see the most recent writings of benny jones uh and at at the name um her like it just it's just a bit too much and her her face falls and she she begins uh, to cry again that's what i thought was gonna happen how did you know this? Look at her. Honey, what's going on here? It's, um, <clears throat> well, uh... And uh, don't lie to me. <laughs> Can you roll me and... Do you want charm or intimidation, Claire? Um, we're going to go intimidation here. Sure. Um, oh, oh, no, we're going to go charm. Um... The so if I can amend your, like, your th- don't lie to me, your threat, please. yeah, I, I think, <laughs> don't lie to me, friend. I think maybe, maybe it's like a like a hand on the shoulder, like like, like look, uh, I can help with this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. lie to me. Don't you, worry, I'll punch the people responsible. Don't worry. Uh, so this is a one. Oh, that is a 
Uh, ding, 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 ding. That is an extreme Ooh. success. Mm. Um, she, uh, she says it's, um, well, it's, uh, it, it's Mr. Jones. He was, um, uh, he was one of our, our reporters. Um, he, uh, he, he's, he's been missing for a few days, uh, for a few, well, more than a few days, but he, sometimes he comes and goes, um, but he, well, something terrible happened. Uh, you know what? You, you should, you should probably talk to, to Mr. Mr. Wilmot. Uh, here, I'll, I'll take you right through. You're packing your things. They're, they're not mine. They're, they're his. Ah, perfect. We'll just have a look at them. Um, so Richter, you, you begin to look over the, the, uh, the, the desk and start to like sort through things. Do you want to go, um, with, uh, the receptionist to, yeah. yep. Okay. I'm going to follow red. I always would. Uh, all right. So, um, you are, <laughs> I was gonna say, can I just pick up the box while Richter is looking through it and just carry the box? So Richter <laughs> follows. Richter <laughs> wouldn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> just like his, just body would automatically keep him close. Yeah, 100%. So. I also like to imagine you're just like, if it's something you think's useless, it's just like over the shoulder. Like yeah. a photo <laughs> of a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm just like one handing the box. <laughs> um, great. So the, uh, the three of you are led, um, uh, through, um, Basically, like you, you get the sense that by uh, showing a little bit of, of uh, empathy uh, towards this person who's clearly having a really fucking hard, hard day, um, and rolling really well, uh, she kind of lets you bypass some of the, the 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 spaces along the way, and basically takes you straight back to um, uh, Artie Wilmont's office, and she knocks on the door, um, and it's just like the door opens, just a fucking cloud of cigar smoke rolls out, um, and uh, you can see. <laughs> Um, a man kind of standing with his back to you. He's got his hands on his desk, um, just chain like puffing off a cigar. Um, is is it's a nice office, obviously. Like the editor in chief's got a desk, uh, like a very beautiful heavy desk, big wingtip chair at the back, and kind of a window overlooking the town. Um, and uh, he uh, he just kind of growls like, "I told you not to disturb me, Red Cheryl." Red takes a swig from her flask and says, you know, smoking will kill you. And um, he kind of stops and he turns at that and he's like, yeah, apparently not. That's not the only thing in this town that'll kill a guy. Hmm. You're right. I'm flattered. You need to be nicer to Cheryl. <laughs> uh, he he uh, sort of turns around uh, angrily and like, think like Vinnie Jones smoking a cigar. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, who the fuck are you? I'm red. You might want to think about adopting a nicer tone, but what do I know? Uh, hey, you're the one barging into my office. Yeah, and I have questions about these aforementioned things that can kill you. He just kind of like stares blankly at you. You can tell he was like deep in thought when you when you interrupted him. Uh, you also get the sense that he's he's starting to tense up a bit. Like, all right, sugar, all right. We can put the guns down, metaphorically speaking. He eyes the, the clear pair of pistols you're wearing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I set gonna... the box down. Yeah, I hold up my hand. I kneel down. <laughs> like I just crouch down over the box. Great. I'm here to talk about a man who just was recently in your employ named Benny Jones. Oh, yeah. That's... uh. And um, you can tell that, he, like, the, immediately the bluster kind of falls away. Um, you get the sense that there's there's more, almost a, I want to, like, guilt's not the right term, but there's there's a sense of, like, legitimate loss there. And then you get a sense a lot of this bluster is that. And you get, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, well, that's that's what I meant about things that'll kill you. And he steps away from the desk, um, and lying in the middle of it, uh, there's a severed hand um, clutching a bloodstained scroll. And he looks down at it and he says, yeah, Benny Jones is dead. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The first thing you need to know about the Vegas Sci-Fi Adventure podcast is that you're not just listening to someone tell you a story. You are stepping into a world. And Vega Rex, the woman at the center of this saga, is currently sitting at the top of it. This is not by accident. For millennia, the country Vega calls home has been carefully honing the skills of its state-contracted killers, and these so-called holy warriors have gotten real good at taking down the world's worst criminals, or, as they would call it, cleansing. 400 kills into her career, Vega is the most decorated hunter there has ever been, and likely would have stayed that way if it had not been for him. An explosive encounter with a terrorist sets Vega on a path of revenge that is so thoroughly illegal that before this story is done, she will have risked it all, life, limb, and love, to satisfy her vengeance and keep her record of righteous kills perfect. My name is Ivoma Okoro, and I have so much more to tell you about this. Check out Vega, a sci-fi adventure podcast anywhere you listen to them. Because baby, I'm just getting started.